Well, good morning, and thank you again for choosing to worship with us this morning. As you can see, we're in a different location today. We are in Jackson, Alabama, right outside the old Clark County Jailhouse, which is now the, the Big B Coffee Roasters, and we will be going inside as using it as our backdrop this morning as we enter into a new uh, sermon series that we're calling Lessons from Lockdown as we discuss and consider Paul's lessons as he found himself in prison. Before we get there, we want to um, again, I just want to mention that Mother's Day is, a, is a, a powerful and a meaningful day for us as it gives us an opportunity to, to remember and celebrate those mother figures in our lives, those women, those powerful, strong women who come into our lives and allow us to feel and see and get glimpses of God's love um, as we are cared for and we are nurtured. We all find figures like that in life. They may not be our biological mother. They may be an aunt or a grandmother or a cousin or a niece. It could be a friend or a neighbor. It could be anyone. But we are able to find those wonderful glimpses of God's love through powerful and strong women. You know, we, um, I have for myself um, a, a, a list of women that are important to me. Obviously, my wife, Leanne, is very important to me, and she's important to, to my family as she offers us glimpses of, of love and strength uh, to me and to, and to our children. And there's my mother, who, who has been with me through my whole life and continues to offer me wonderful um, views of God's love. And then there's my grandmother, my mother's mother, and then my aunt um, was my sister's, um, my mother's sister. And then I have a couple of cousins who are just powerful figures for me. And then our mother-in-law, Barbara, who is be watching this morning here in Jackson, Alabama. Um, so these are powerful people for me. And I just want um, us for all to take a moment today, sometime today, just pause and give God thanks for these women who come into our lives, whoever they are and allow us to see God's power, strength, and love, and forgiveness, care, and nurture. And just give God thanks and give Him glory and thank them for what they've been able to do. We also are celebrating Senior Sunday today. It would have been great to gather in a sanctuary in the Fellowship Hall and, and celebrate these young people face-to-face -face and to be able to greet them and shake their hands and congratulate them. But with COVID-19 as it is, we are in this virtual realm. And that's what we want to do still is to, to recognize and celebrate the accomplishments, accomplishments of our eight high school seniors. They will graduate and we look forward to what they are going to do in the future. We look forward to their accomplishments and where their journey takes them. We can't wait to hear the many stories that will come, come back from them. Your graduating class has been, let's just say, invited to be more flexible in, in what we think of as normal. Graduations may not look like we thought they might. Uh, there are a lot of things that have changed. And I'm sorry for the many of these unexpected and unfortunate changes that you've had to face. But I hope and pray that even in light of this pandemic, you will see a future that is bigger and brighter and better than we ever could have anticipated or imagined. I say this to offer just a word of, of hope that is as strange and as weird as this season feels, and it is strange and weird, that we have this faith, this faith that finds its source and its strength in God. This faith that we embrace and participate in is shared by many all over the world. It has lifted the faithful through countless times of danger and uncertain circumstances. I pray you will find comfort and solidarity with the faithful who have gone before us and with the faithful who walk with us today. That wherever we are, wherever we walk, wherever we go, that there is the faith. We will find the faith there, the faith of God, that one faith that Paul proclaims to us in the, in the book of Ephesians. 
And it's in these moments and in these glimpses of experiencing faith that we begin to find hope and a peace that exceeds our understanding. So I'll leave you with this challenge. Rather than focus on what has been lost, look to the possibilities of the future. Embrace the life that is found in one faith so that wherever you go, Tuscaloosa, Auburn, Birmingham, Starksville, Montevallo, or New Orleans, you will find the faith and the church that claims the one God, one Christ, one Spirit. So go. Be a part of the faithful community. Go and do great things. Go and see the world with faithful eyes. Go and tell us and tell the world all that you have seen. Well, today we are beginning a new sermon series that we are calling Lessons from Lockdown. As we are all growing more familiar and more experienced in what it feels like to be locked down and social distancing, quarantining, and staying home and staying safe, uh, Kristen and I were talking about what it may mean and look like to refer to the scriptures, to take lessons from the scriptures and what, it, and what we can take away and learn and, and build off of from lockdown. So we turned to Paul. Paul spent a little time in prison. Maybe it looked like this. Maybe it was small and confining with bars. Maybe it looked like the room of a house. Maybe he sat in a chair or lounged on cushions and pillows. Perhaps he could gaze through open windows and speak with guests through open doors. Or maybe he walked from room to room and around a courtyard, shackled to a Roman guard. Perhaps the host had ample supply of food and resources. Or maybe Paul had to rely on his friends to bring him food and supplies. We just don't know with any real certainty what his circumstances were like. Other than that he was a Roman citizen which gave him rights and privileges that others may not have had. We do know that the prisons of that time were not typically like prisons of our modern day. Prisons were not typically used for punishment or nor were they used for rehabilitation. Prison was typically a holding place for people waiting to go to trial to have a hearing or to have their sentence carried out. Being held in prison could mean any number of settings. A government building made for a purpose like this, a jail or a prison. They were built around the empire, but they were not that common. Military barracks were often used for prisons and for detaining people awaiting for trial. Houses were commonly used with an armed guard present or shackled to the prisoner. Quarries and camps were used as prisons, as well as camps and fortified homes were used as prisons. Paul's imprisonment is a bit of a puzzle to scholars. There is general agreement that Paul wrote these letters from Rome, but there are some who think that he wrote from Caesarea, and others who think he may have written some of these letters from Ephesus. And a few scholars even agree on if Paul wrote all of them. We're going to stick with the assumption that Paul wrote these letters and he wrote them from Rome. And that even the, the letter we're going to read today is taken from Ephesians. We're going to assume that he wrote this letter from a Roman prison, a Roman house prison, to the people in the church in Rome. I don't want to get hung up on any of these deep weeds and, and questions. Let's just make this assumption. And this is where we will work from the rest of our time together through this series. That Paul is our author and that he was familiar with the churches and the churches were familiar with him. And the, um, the letter we're going to read today is taken from Ephesians chapter 4. Here now a reading from Paul. 
I therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, make every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. But each of us was given grace according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it is said, when he ascended on high, he made captivity itself a captive. He gave gifts to his people. The gifts he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children, tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love. We must grow up in every way into Him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. And this is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Paul wrote these words to a church who would express some concern. We don't have the letter from, from Ephesus, but we have only Paul's response. Paul was writing to this church to uh, encourage them and to uh, educate and to kind of lead them in the way, way they should go. This church was filled with people from varying backgrounds, from uh, distant countries, from distant and different cultures. This was a very diverse church. And apparently there was some strain and, and stress being put on the church and its unity, its harmony. And it was beginning to have a threat of being broken apart by different teachings, different thoughts, different cultures, different backgrounds, all coming together. And, and Paul, in writing this letter, encourages them that they are unified. They have harmony in their faith in the one God, which is the source of our faith, the, the, the birthing place of our baptism, the, the breath of life. Everything that we hold true, it comes from one God who offers one Christ, who builds one building, one body. And that's all of us together. It's a powerful image that Paul offers to the church in Ephesus and to us today. When we have all kinds of people gathering together in all parts of the world from different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different cultures, different education, all coming together to build up the body of Christ. This idea of oneness was critical for Paul. Even as he wrote from a, a prison cell or uh, was housed and shackled into a, a camp or a barrack or a home, he understood that even in that moment and in that place, that he was part of the oneness of God, the oneness of our faith, the oneness of the community, the bride of Christ. 
he understood that and encouraged the church in Ephesus and encourages us today to embrace this part of our faith and part of God that we cannot change. We're only asked to respond to it, to live into it, to embrace it, engage it, to experience the oneness that is our faith. That's a critical element of of how we understand theology, how we understand God. We worship and, and, and believe in one God who is Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But in that oneness, God makes possible one faith. And in that one faith, we are invited to be one body. Even in our diverse parts, we are one body, unified. And that's a powerful moment for us today on on Mother's Day as we think about how God has loved the world and, 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 and is redeeming creation and sustaining us all as a loving mother. That oneness, that unity speaks to us as children. And it speaks to us even today as graduating seniors and parents and family members and friends of graduating seniors. As they launch into other parts of the world, other parts of their life and next chapters, there is still a sense of oneness available to them wherever they go and wherever any of us go. We have oneness in God, oneness in this community, oneness in this faith. That's the unity Paul encourages and teaches to the church in Ephesus. And it's what he teaches us today. Is that in all of it, in all of our diversity, in all of our strengths, in all of our weaknesses, in all of our callings, we are one. And that's a beautiful thing to hold. So as we move from this, from Paul's teaching to Ephesus, let us take as, and, and for this time of uncertainty and for this time of transition and for this time of question and this time of celebration and for this time of remembering, And for all time and in all places, know and believe that God is over, in, and through all. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And just as Paul professed and proclaimed his one faith and the one true God, let us affirm our faith together through the words of the Apostle Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting.